Hey, strong friends. Our guest in the garage this time is Ms. Ari Phillip. She is a three-time world champion powerlifter, and she uh, sat down with me and just shared the most incredible story about how she went from total rock bottom, um, horrible injury, like could not move, crawling on the floor, surrounded by takeout bags, to um, becoming a record-breaking powerlifter. So sit back and enjoy this conversation with Ari Philip. So I wanted to ask you, friend, you uh, are a total hero in. You went from like literally not being able to walk to becoming a record-breaking power lifter. So tell me all about your journey. Like, who are you? How did you accomplish this? Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, well, uh, to make a very long story short, I actually had, um, I was going to the doctor and I had uh, hyperparathyroidism. I had too much calcium in my blood. And they, so they said, you need to have your bad parathyroid removed. Went to the uh, doctor got it removed. It, it ended up being a major surgery. They ended up taking three of my four parathyroids. I have this big scar across my neck. Wow. And when I woke up out of the surgery, they had mishandled me and herniated my disc onto my sciatic nerve. And so I woke up with the highest level of nerve pain you can have. Wow. Um, yeah, I, like I woke up screaming, like as I'm coming out of it, you know, I'm waking up screaming. And um, it was... Uh, it was life changing because um, from that point, they couldn't figure out what, what was wrong. You know what I mean? I thought they cut my leg off. Like I'm coming out of the anesthesia, you know, I, and I just didn't understand what was going on with my legs. So um, I, to make, to, to, it just was, it was horrific. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was two, two straight months. I didn't sleep. Um, and if anybody's had back pain or nerve pain and, you know, you just totally get it or any kind of, you know, pain that just never goes away. So I could, I could not go to sleep. And um, I started going to a spine doctor. Um, I had a nerve pain uh, specialist, a nerve doctor. Um, I was on a ba- about eight um, Vicodin a day. I had Ooh. nerve pain patches on different parts of my leg. Um, nerve pain pills, but nerve pain is unlike anything. It's like a burn. You know, it's like something you can't, you can't alleviate. And I, I, I did decompression therapy treatments. I did probably almost 40 decompression therapy treatments. Um, I was going to the, to the regular chiropractor. Um, I was trying to do yoga. I was trying to do anything. Um, and then the next step was going to be surgery. And so I had a dog at the time and it was just really tough having a dog, not being able to walk because I couldn't put any pressure on that leg. It just was the weirdest thing that your nerves can, can do stuff like that. Cause it's not that the leg, I couldn't use the leg, but you couldn't even touch it. So I, I laid on the couch most of the time with my leg hanging off the couch. And one day I was, I was crawling around. Um, Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> you could have seen me at the time. I probably, it was probably, it was, wasn't exactly hoarders, but it was probably like hoarders. Cause I just couldn't, I just couldn't take the trash out. I couldn't walk him like I wanted to. Um, I had to get a 40 foot lead and just crawl to the front door and oh. let him go 40 feet. 
he could go, go to the bathroom, do things and come back in. It, it was, I had a lot of um, uh, food uh, delivery mm -hmm. uh, bags all over. One day I was on the ground and I was just crying and I was trying to, I just couldn't visualize myself you know, getting, getting public assistance for the rest of my life and sitting in a chair and just being on disability. You know, I had lost my job. I was working and I had, you know, been off work more than three months. And so I lost my job. And uh, I just asked God, I just literally, I cried out my, I'm, I'm crying, I'm dirty, I'm not smelling good. Yeah, just like in all this pain, I'm like, God, if you would please help me, I'll, if I could just walk again, I'll become the strongest I've ever been. Just please help me to walk again. And, um, and then I slowly, you know, one day I was able to sleep two hours and it just progressed from there. And years later, I started going to a, a group therapy, a group training class. And over that year, the very first class, uh, the first week of class was really, really tough. And there's that one Saturday that, that everybody that, you know, was getting trained by that trainer could come in for a group session. And um, I couldn't even do five push-ups, And I was the last one finishing that cycle. And I called my mom and I'm crying. And my mom was like, what's wrong? I was like, I've never been last in my life. <laughs> I was like, I, I just, something about it. It just, it, it pissed me off. My feelings were hurt besides everything else that had happened. You know what I mean? <laughs> like doing that class and coming in last, I was like, I will never be last again. And wow. I just kind of made it my goal over that next year to not be last in, in the, the circuits. And, uh, and that led me to, to a powerlifting trainer started at that gym. My trainer was like, you know, you're the strongest girl I have. You know, you should try to talk to them, maybe, maybe do a competition. So that's how, that's how that started. Wow. Okay. So when was this, when was like the, what year are we talking about when you were the woman in your class who can't do five push-ups? That was, um, October of 2014 was when. Whoa. I... Wait a sec. Really? That was like less than five. That was like less than five years ago. And now, um, tell us where you're at with your kind of weightlifting milestones relative you know <laughs> keeping in mind the benchmarkers yeah. can't do five push-ups yeah 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 so I couldn't do five push-ups that first um you know and I was the biggest girl in the class you know it's 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 here in Arizona it's up in Scottsdale at a little elite training facility where you know you have a, a trainer and you train at a facility and you know I was like not looking like anybody else I didn't have the nice gear outfits. there's a lot of lululemon up in this place I'm getting a vibe there's like a lot of little Lululemon situation, a lot of like a size yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. Some tights I've had for like 12 years, you know right. what I'm saying? You know, right. uh, and an old t-shirt. I'm a t-shirt, I'm a t-shirt hoarder. I mean, I love freaking t-shirt. I have a tights and t-shirt fetish like, oh my God, oh. So, um, so anyway, I, I started that class in October 2014. October 2015 is when I got a powerlifting trainer and then just like a few months later, February 2016 was my first. Um, he was like, well, let's just do a competition and see how you like it. Let's get one out of the way. And that didn't seem like a big deal to me. So I'm like, okay, October, November, December, January, four months after I started with this powerlifting trainer, four months later, I did my first competition. And that competition was a state championship. It was a WAPDL push-pull in Pahrump, Nevada. 
and my my total, my bench press and deadlift total was a world record in in my age. Wow! So yeah, my very first competition, I broke a record. You know, it's so weird. <laughs> so you were just like born for this, and you never knew it. Exactly, exactly. Because I think we all have something physical that we are really good at that we don't even know because we don't try new things. How, what are the major lifts for folks who aren't maybe familiar with power, with power lifting? And then, uh, you know, how do you train them? The power lifting, which, what's interesting is even when I started power lifting, I didn't even know exactly what power lifting was. Um, <laughs> you know, I'd grown up as an athlete and, you know, I was in and out of the gym, but I just didn't understand powerlifting specifically is, is squats, bench press and deadlift. And, um, I have a powerlifting trainer and he's awesome. And it's just a certain way that you train to peak. It's kind of like any sport. Like I used to run track when I was in uh, high school. And so you, you start off a certain kind of way so that your peak time is during like state championship time you know, districts and state championships. So it's the same way, same way with training. You train in such a way where you're doing, you know, sets at a certain percentage of your max, a certain amount of weeks out. And then um, as each week progresses to when you're going to compete, you do a certain percentage of what your max lift is in, in either sets of eight, sets of five, sets of three, and then singles leading up to when you compete. Okay, got it. So do you ever get bored of training like squat, bench, dead over and over again? Or do you do other kinds of things to mix it up too? I do actually like um, on, uh, on deadlift day, I'll do um, seated rows, lap pull downs, um, bent over dumbbell rows, um, abs. Um, I do leg extensions, leg curls, uh, standing leg curls, um, straight legged deadlift. There's so many things to do. You know, it's yeah. just that that's the one lift. I usually start off with that. And um, that's when me and my trainer meet. So we meet at 5am um, a couple mornings a week. And I just have him for a short period of time. And then when he leaves, I go on and I do all the accessory work. And I, I love it. It's just, it's kind of nice to start my day off, you know, like that anyway, just awake, alert, my body's going, my blood is pumping <laughs> and I feel great. I feel so much better the rest of the days that I work out than the other days. Yeah, absolutely. So I realized, you know, I asked you how you did in your first contest. What I didn't ask you yet is how did you perform in the last contest you were in <laughs> and where are you at like now with your lifts? Well, I've done six competitions so far. My first five were push-pull competitions within Wabdal, which is a drug-tested federation. Um, and each competition, I either got a state, national, world record. And um, I've been to a couple world uh, championships with Wabdal. But my last competition last April um, allowed my totals to be what's considered elite totals. And... I was able to apply and I lifted at uh, Mr. Olympia in Las Vegas last September, um, which is a, a USPA um, federation, uh, one of the top two pretty much federations in the world. And they, um, they govern the Mr. Olympia. And in my weight and age division, I broke their world record with my deadlift was I think 474 and my bench was 270. Um 
<laughs> yeah, it was really cool. It was so, it was such a, I mean, you know, when I was younger, I remember looking through like muscle and fitness and different magazines and seeing and, you know, but it was all just about guys and muscles, you know, and, yeah. you know, Sports Illustrated was just about guys and muscles and guys and different athletes. So I remember thinking, God, it'd be so cool to go to Mr. Olympia. You know, I, I might not go there at 4% body fat, but dang it. <laughs> As soon as I found out that there was powerlifting, you know, it's like until you get into something, you don't even know what doors could open. Right. I didn't know that powerlifting was at Mr. Olympia, and it's also at the Arnold Schwarzenegger Classic. Yes. Well, that's one thing that's so powerful about representation, and one thing that I love so much about you representing in the sport as a woman, as a woman of color, like, as a... I, like if you can't see it it's really hard to imagine how you can be it yes and there are so many ways to be in a body beyond what you saw in muscle and fitness when you were coming up and if you like there are so many beautiful ways to be strong and powerful in a body that you maybe had no idea (laughs) if if I had waited until I got to you know where I thought my body should be to try and do some new sport I would not have started it because you know, coming out of an injury and coming out of doctors telling me that I was going to have issues the rest of my life. And nobody thinks you have, you know, this, this back pain, this striking sharp pain going down your leg to do deadlifts. But I had a friend of mine that had broke his back and as his uh, back healed, his doctor was telling him to do deadlifts. And so when you actually understand how you do that properly, it's a full body workout. It works your whole leg, your whole back, your traps, your abs, um, it's, it's why it's called a power lift. It's just, it's just a full right. body lift. And I'm over, I'm five, seven, I'm over 20. So that's my category is over 220 pounds and I'm, I'm a master's lifter. So I'm over 40. So all of yes. this started out of shape, not, not, not being the, the size I was in high school and yeah. not, you know, not being the age that you would normally start a sport. That is so cool. That's totally inspiring. (laughs) So do you have a a voice that you hear in your head? I do. um, That, but I wonder if you do like that says you can't, or that tells you all the reasons why, like, how dare you consider that you could do this? And like, how do you keep getting up and like fight back against that? No, I've never, I don't have that voice. I, I would never, one thing I, I've always learned is, um, is like visualization. I've always pictured mm-hmm. myself winning. I've always pictured myself doing the lift. I, I found myself before my first competition every day getting up in the morning and I close my eyes and I visualize myself bending down, grabbing that bar and standing straight up with it. It's just like a, you, you picture yourself doing it and, and because that's always just, I didn't realize that that was, that was so ingrained in me until I picked the sport back up. And mm. it's kind of, it's like the things that you learned when you were younger, if you were in any kind of sport or any kind of activity, I don't care if you did ballet, if you did jazz mm. tap, if you weren't in such, you know, if you weren't in a, a sport, but a, an art, whatever it is, you tap into that. You don't allow negativity to come back in. And so when I don't feel like it, I just, it doesn't, I don't have an option. So in my mind, even if I, that when that alarm goes off, that's my deciding factor. So either I'm going to get up and go to the gym Mm -hmm. or I'm not, it's a decision you have to make right then. If you're not, then you're not, then don't beat yourself up. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I'm going to go tomorrow then, but yes, 
if you this, yeah. yeah if you stand up go to the gym and then there's no I don't give myself enough I get up so early I don't have enough time to think about any doubting yes <laughs> and now how does this impact how you plan for travel like for competitions and stuff hey, <laughs> I'm planning on doing Mr. Olympia this year so I've just already booked my hotel I've already um I think I booked my one way there already because uh, I know when I want to come in uh, a couple of days ahead of time. I actually bought a new gym bag specifically to take to Mr. Olympia. So I just plan. I just plan ahead. If there's something really big I want to do, like I do want to be able to lift at Darnold Schwarzenegger Classic. I'm, yeah. I'm planning on it. Now that's here in the U.S. It's next February. Um, okay. But but the thing is, is, I'm also looking, they also have it in in the UK and, yeah. you know, Brazil, you know, so I'm kind of opening up my options. I'd like to compete in another country just, just because. I love it. So let me make sure I understand. Your hotel is booked for um, Mr. Olympia, even though you have not, comp- you haven't completed the qualifying comp yet. Oh, no. Yeah, that's just a. That's not even a speed bump. That's just, it's going to happen. So that is awesome. (laughs) This is how I roll. I love it. Okay. So I want to talk about your avatar on Instagram, which is a high heeled shoe, like a super sexy shoe. And then a squat shoe, which is like such a great representation of you. Um, So I want to know how has, how have you evolved into embracing your beauty in the way you do now and what's been the path to that um when I was younger I I was always a tomboy I was always a huge tomboy but uh, my grandma had encouraged me to model and um, as I got into my teens more people were telling me that I was attractive you know I just didn't grow up thinking I was attractive at all it just didn't come across my mind I um, was a little brown kid in predominantly uh, white schools. I was the only brown kid in most every class I had. I grew up in Oregon. And okay. um, and so it was just different because, you know, a lot of those kids took on the attitudes that their parents have because we're, you know, kids don't know anything, you know, yeah. but I got called zebra. I got called the N-word. I got called Oreo. Um, yeah. There would be science science things that would happen in class and a little test tube would blow up. And I remember one called uh, one one kid called me a test tube baby because it was just all this black stuff just oozing out of this thing. And, uh-huh. and you know, so I didn't even know about racism until I was like in the fourth grade and I started getting called stuff, you know, and so it's just like no, nobody ever talked to me like gave me any compliments or not anything. And so it really wasn't until I was a teenager that like a, a boy thought it was attractive and ended up being my first boyfriend, you know what I mean? Like, and, and so when my grandma offered to pay for me to go to bottling school, um, I went and, um, and I, I did like it. It taught me a lot of different things. And I modeled, I was a um, Janssen swimwear model. I did a lot of runway. Um, and even in, um, even right up until I had the injury where I couldn't walk, I did the Phoenix fashion week here, um, as a plus size model, um, for a girl that was on, um, Project Runway. She was one of their designers and I flew to New York and did a photo shoot out there. And, you know, so that, that happened like literally three weeks, three or three, three or four weeks before 
I had the surgery where I wasn't able to walk. I was wow. walking down the one r- runway at Phoenix Fashion, Phoenix Fashion Week. And so that's just, that's just something I'd like to do, but I still was always like a tomboy. But it's weird. You can, you can be whatever you want. The cool thing about being a woman is I can totally be a tomboy. And then I can also totally have, you know, pink sparkly toenails. Yes. Like so, yeah. <laughs> and how do you maintain that? Like, how do you keep your femininity popping when, you know, so much of the gym, like, there's just, like, protein farts and, like, bro <laughs> kind of culture. Like, how do, you, how do you keep your sparkly toenails in your tutu situation going? One thing with me is I, I usually wear my waterproof mascara. I, I just like to have my waterproof mascara and um, my, my, my um, it's usually Burt's Bees, my natural, uh, you know, chapstick and then okay. cool, cool tights. I'm really into cool tights and shoes. Like, and also I wear shoes that people don't wear because I wear minimalist shoes. As you study working out any type mm-hmm. of working out, whether, you, whether it's strongman, whether it's powerlifting, the best way to activate your foot and engage your arch is to be barefoot. So you have to have the most minimal shoe you can have all the time mm-hmm. working out. Mm-hmm. And so I've got these, you know, I'll wear the vibrant five fingers or I'll wear the, the Merrill vapors or the uh-huh. innovates. So I've got these kind of funky shoes with really cool tights. I love it. You're always making a statement. <laughs> and I always keep my toes on point. I don't care. Yes. That's so important. It's the little things. It is. Nobody else sees it. You see it. Yeah. You know, just, I love um, new shirts. I I love shirts. I have this, a lot of different really cool shirts with, with a theme or a saying or a, you know, vibe and then, and then my tights. And I think, you know, you just, you got to incorporate your personality into whatever, like I already picked out my um, compression tights, my uh, compression socks for my lifts on um, that's coming up. You know, so I always get a new pair of compression (laughs) with some kind of cool design on it. You know, you can, you can make it fun. Yeah. So what else is your favorite gear? Like you got your tights, you got your, your shirt, you got your minimalist shoes. Like, are there any other um, go-tos that you keep in your training bag or in your competition bag? Oh yeah. I have um, these Anderson powerlifting, they're stiff uh, wrist wraps. They're like 36 inches. Um, Ooh that uh, they keep your wrist super solid when you're doing bench. And then I have a SVD weight belt that that sucker's like, it might be 230 bucks. Like it's a, wow. It's the Cadillac of weight belts, but it helps you and it's a lever belt. So you just clip these prongs into these holes and then yes. pull the cinch over and boom, you're ready to go. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah. And it's so comfortable. It's thick, it's wide. And if you watch the video of how these are made, it's, it's amazing. But I do keep, um, I also keep body wipes in my bag, um, mm. like a really clean citrusy yeah. smelling. Um, and uh, my wrist wraps, that belt and bands. I love bands. Oh. Warming up my arms before I do bench, I always, you know, warm them up to the side, warm them, warm them up overhead and um, stuff like that. <laughs> nice. And what's your, what's your go-to song that you play when you're in the gym and you want to like unlock a PR? It's either going to be, 
I'm Bad by LL Cool J <laughs> or uh, Fight the Power by Public Enemy. <laughs> what awesome tracks. Okay, those are going on my workout playlist like tonight. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to share my playlist with you. You'll probably just that be like, be great. <laughs> yes, let's like put it on Spotify so folks can get in your head and unlock their inner Ari. <laughs> be like, is she, did she used to be in a gang or. <laughs> What's up? You never know what's what's gonna be the music that just gets you going on a given day. It's, it's you know you don't have to defend it or explain it. Just, it's, it's, oh yeah, I got a combo. Yeah, I got a combo. You you yeah, you're gonna be like I. You're either gonna love me or hate me. I, okay, perfect. I can't wait to hear this playlist. So, what advice would you give to a woman who's like at who's at the point in her journey where you were a few years ago, you know, when you couldn't do five push-ups, like who's maybe intimidated by weights or who doesn't think that strength could be for her. Oh gosh. I would say to pull on your faith, you know, Mm. what, what, whatever you believe or believed, whatever you have decided at this point in your life to, to genuinely hold on to when the times are hardest, when um, a lot of things happened in my life that led up to even me gaining weight, for example, you know, my, my, my dad passed away and I probably gained 70 pounds that year. And I just never really lost it. Like mm-hmm. things happen. Things are just happening in our lives. You know, people were losing people, um, we're losing, you know, jobs, different things are going on with our health. And so wherever you pull strength from during those times, that's what you pull strength on when it comes to doing something for yourself. Women are notorious for taking care of everybody around them, but themselves. Um, and so you have to decide to make yourself a priority and you have to decide to um, use your faith. And faith is believing in something unseen. So when you look in the mirror, you're not looking at, you know, when I first started going back to the gym again, I wasn't looking at a world championship. Um, I didn't know that I, I was, mm-hmm. you know, but you have to look at yourself and you have to say, I'm amazing. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm totally unique. I'm not like anybody else. And that's okay. Ooh, preach, Ari. <laughs> You have to unfollow pages on social media that make you feel less than or like you have to live up to um, because you're uniquely yourself. And so however you need to find your strength, that's what you need to do because you're going to need it. You still have other things to face in your life and it's better to face whatever is coming physically strong than weak. Yep. Yeah. So my last question for you today is what are you going to take on next? <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so too, it's, it's, there's so many factors in that because I've actually, I've thought about, I've thought about doing some strongman stuff, but I've also thought about um, doing some clinics, you know, um, deadlift is my thing. So like doing some deadlift clinics for um, girls and women um, and I even have a theme and just all kind of stuff that's in, in the back of my mind. So, you know, just taking it to another level and, and trying to share it more because it's, it's kind of like I realize that that even though I'm a really to myself person and a private person that that, you know, your testimony is powerful. And I would so much love to see somebody encouraged to just get stronger, 
you know, and you got to put yourself out there in order to do that. So, so I just need to put myself out there more. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So where can people find you and follow your journey and get inspired by you? Well, um, right now, the best place is going to probably be on my Instagram, which is platform.queen. So if you go on Instagram, platform.queen, or if you're on Instagram and hashtag platform queen Ari, um, you'll find me and you can follow me. Um, I usually follow people back. I, I try to, you'll see, I don't post all the time, but I usually post something that I think is funny or like today I posted these new tights that I got because I have, have a tight fetish. Oh, I love it. <laughs> okay. Okay. We all have to follow you for fashion tips and to get inspired. And already your testimony fires me up and I know, I know other people feel the same. So just by, just by being out there and being you, you're, you're firing all of us up. So thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. I, I, Ari. Thank you. I appreciate you even inviting me on here to your show. I think it's, I think it's going to be more powerful than even you think. And I'm, I'm really excited that you're doing this and, and giving women an opportunity to, to share their stories. Thanks. So thank you. All right, there it is, folks. Fun fact about Ari, by the way, if you call her, you will find that LL Cool J track is actually the sound you listen to while you're waiting for her to answer. So legit. So thank you guys for tuning in. Love you, Ari. Thanks so much for coming to the garage. We'll see you next time.